Hey guys, it's Simmon. This is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Monday, and that means tonight was Monday Night Raw. Now, as far as tonight's Monday Night Raw does go, I thought it was an okay episode of Raw. We got a lot of story progression, which is good. We learned some things for Money in the Bank. I think we may know who Seth's next challenger is for the world title. We'll talk about that when we get to the main event stuff. But as far as the show does go, I did get bored a little bit at some points. But other than that, I thought it had some solid matches and a few surprises that I didn't expect. Like that Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Kaden Carter, Katana Chance match being way better than I expected. But we got Luke over here. Luke, what did you think of tonight's Raw? I thought Raw was good. I mean, there was, there were some fun matches tonight that I really liked. They, were, they did a good job of setting things up for Money in the Bank as far as, like, qualifying matches go. And that, but they had a lot of fun matches tonight, which I really did enjoy. So I have a question. Do you think maybe there's a chance they do some sort of, like, last chance qualifier with everybody that's lost? Because they really pushed hard the whole... Bronson Reed stuff that makes me feel like somehow he's going to get in money in the bank. I don't know if maybe that's just the way I saw it. Wouldn't be against it. I've, I honestly never minded those like right. last chance qualifying matches. But then here's the question. Do you do one for Raw and one for SmackDown? Or do you do one with Raw and SmackDown wrestlers and say screw the brand split? Uh, How many... Entrance are they having for six? And we've got three so far for the men. I think it's six. I could could double check. I would say probably do one for Raw, one for SmackDown. Like if it was like five, if they're doing like five men, five women, then probably have some Raw and SmackDown. Let me see. So the graphic, the graphic they showed tonight one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. So yeah, you can do, so what you can do is one more on SmackDown, one more qualifying match on SmackDown, and then do the last chances, one for Raw and one for SmackDown. That would make sense, because I don't know if you felt the same way, but uh, like, there was just something that made me feel like Bronson Reed's going to be in this match. I mean, he worked well in this match. I mean, oh, yeah. he's competed in a ladder match before. Yeah. He's got that experience. Totally agree with that one. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining us here, whether that's on Twitch, whether that's on YouTube, or whether you're listening later on podcast services all around the globe. We appreciate you. Remember, you can watch the show a bunch of different ways. You can watch on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited Live. You can watch on YouTube live or later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or you can, well, listen later on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below, or you subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can be just like Cold Cuts KC, who was literally on the other side of that wall right there, and subscribe with a tier one subscription. Or you can use your Amazon Prime, because if you have Amazon Prime, and you have a Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the um, throughout the month. 
And I greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember you can subscribe over on YouTube by becoming a channel member. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right down here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, trying to buy Jedi Survivor, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, getting into some of the Outlast Trials, claiming the free game, Midnight Ghost Hunt, or more. Again, use code PWU. N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Hell, the new season of Fortnite comes in four days. The new season comes in four days. You're going to need that new battle pass, and you're going to need to put our code in when you do so. Whether that's on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, or your PC, you go to the store. You go all the way down to the bottom, and then it'll say, do you have a creator code? And you do. It's PW Unlimited. Again, that new Fortnite season comes out June 9th, and it looks crazy. It's called Wild. So I could have said it looks wild, but then that would be too many puns in a pun, so yeah. We played Fortnite in a long while. Yeah, I know, me neither, and I was thinking today, I think I might jump in with this new season. Because the Mega... played a lot of Madden lately. Nice. Um, So, like, the, the Mega season was fun. It just added that city that neon city or whatever. But now I don't know if you saw the trailer for the new season, like that new city's crumbling and they're building like a almost looks like ancient ruins kind of thing or Jurassic theme. So I don't know. Cool. Would be cool. I feel like that's how every trailer is like one city collapses, right. and a new one arises. I don't know. There's a rumor that they might have transformers. And if that's the case, holy crap, holy crap. Give me Optimus Prime. <clears throat> that and Bumblebee the right. probably be the last two characters that you would have to unlock in the battle well, pass. Maybe. Unless it's like just to promote the Beast Wars movie, and then you'll get Optimus Prime, and I always forget his name, the the main beast, the the gorilla. You probably get those two. Maybe Bumblebee's like comes later. And you have to buy them separately. I could see that. Kind of like when the Marvel season came, you had to buy Captain America separate. So they'll be like, oh, Bumblebee's super, super popular. People will pay money for that. Extra money. Wonder what else, as far as like the you know, like the parachutes and stuff, I wonder what that stuff will look like with the Transformers. That would be interesting. So do like their cars stuff as like their parachute. Hmm. I wouldn't hate that. But yeah, there's the rumor. Transformers. Because I saw an image with Optimus Prime. It looked dope. But it's not confirmed. It's just a rumor. But also you can ride dinosaurs in the new season apparently too. So I think you can do that before. But we'll see what happens there. Let's talk about Raw though. Because this was a happening show. Seth Rollins opens it up. Comes out with the world championship. Crowd singing his song. Great crowd in Hartford tonight. Great crowd in Connecticut. <coughs> Vince was backstage. Don't know if he had his hands on this show or whatnot. But apparently Vince was backstage. And so were a number of other office executives. Because from Stanford, it was like, what, an hour, hour and a half drive, I think. Let me see. Stanford to Hartford. 
Bradford. It was an hour and 15 minutes with no traffic from Stanford to Hartford. So, word was Vince was backstage. The Rollins. Their headquarters, correct? Yes. Also, same building that had WrestleMania, I want to say 11 in 1995. And they were still doing small buildings for WrestleMania. Rollins says that it had been a nonstop party since becoming the champion, but he wondered when was the last time we had a world title defended on Raw. Rollins went into the Wayback Machine, discovered that it had been nearly two years since that had happened. His words were way too damn long. Rollins mentioned that he issued an open challenge on social media, which was accepted by Damian Priest. Crowd booed. Rollins was psyched about the match and put over the judgment day, but stated that they just weren't as good as him, and out would come Priest and Finn Balor. No Dom, no Rhea Ripley. So they came out. And Seth's like, wait, 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 before you say anything. You know, I was talking cool, about, like good about you guys. You want to interrupt? But also, there's only two of you. Where are the other two? Are they going to come from behind? Are they going to come from the crowd? Where are they coming from? I know how this game works. And they're like, no. Dom and Rhea got other things to worry about tonight. They didn't want to come out. So, Priest said that he was the only one that Rollins had to worry about. Rollins noted that Balor was with him. So, maybe I got to worry about the Prince as well. Rollins did some of his comedy, which is meh. Asking if Balor assists Priest in the bathroom and whatnot. And then Balor finally cut him off. Balor called him the funny man with the funny clothes who the people love. But they weren't going to love the, uh, going to love when Priest takes the title from him. Priest called Rollins a deserving champion. And Balor gave him a confused look like, what, huh? What, huh? Priest then put over Rollins for beating everyone put in front of him. Because the same could be said for Priest. Yeah, Priest didn't beat everyone. He lost to Bad Bunny. Priest said that, he didn't need Balor or Dominic or Rhea to beat Rollins. And Rollins goes, oh, really now? Well, how about we put a little stip on this match? Nobody comes out with you. No judgment day at ringside. And Finn's like, hey, 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 you don't get to make the rules. That's not what's going to happen here. We're going to. And then Priest goes, wait, I like that. And Finn gives him another weird look like, excuse me? He goes, I like that because then I'm going to prove that even by myself, I can make sure that you have. One of the shortest reigns of all time. Rollins then goes, all right, cool. So it's just you and me, one-on-one. And oh, by the way, my reign, already a lot longer than his ever was. He then drops the mic and prances off. As Finn, yet again, gives Damien another weird look like, what, the, what, what was all that about? What did you think of this opening segment? I thought it was all right. I like that tease that maybe yeah. Seth Rollins was going to face Finn for the belts later on. We got like another te- tease right there. Yeah, and we got another one at the end of the show, too. But interesting dissension between the bloodline, or the, the not bloodline, I'm just used to saying that, between the uh, Judgment Day tease with the whole, you know, Finn would try to say something and Damien would cut him off and then Finn would like give him a dirty look like a, what, huh? So, I don't know if that looking too much into things, but very interesting there. Don't I don't know. think it really means means probably, much, though. Yeah, probably not. Because Judgment Day is too over right now to even 
think of breaking them up or pulling one person out of it or anything. Like, you got to keep them for a while still. Keep them together for a while still. They're already, like, considering adding a new member. Right, J.D. McDonough, which would make what makes sense because he was trained by Finn, which, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe I missed something. No J.D. on the show tonight, or did I miss it? I didn't see J.D. on the show tonight. Okay, yeah. Because they pushed him hard the last two weeks. Nothing tonight, though, which kind of surprised me. What didn't surprise me was Becky Lynch qualifying for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. She took on Sonya Deville in a 10-minute match. That was not all that great. And yes, I said a Becky Lynch match was not all that great. So, oh, excuse me. Um, match starts off and Chelsea Green tries to get in, in her, uh, tries to like get in the head of Becky Lynch early and distract her. She did it a couple of times early on, but Becky would just regain control. Early on at one point, DeVille hit a super uh, superplex following a commercial break for a two. Lynch then fought back, but was booted by Green outside the ring as DeVille distracted the referee. Trish Stratus and Zoe Stark at one point came out on the ramp to watch, and DeVille followed with a running knee strike for a two. Green tried to get involved, as so Lynch decked her and tossed her repeatedly into the barricade. DeVille tried to take advantage, but Lynch tossed her into the barricade repeatedly as well. Back in the ring, DeVille countered a manhandle slam into a schoolboy for a two. DeVille tried to cover with an assist from Green, but Lynch kicked out. I felt like too much outside interference in this match, but Becky eventually hits that manhandle slam and pins Sonya to pick up the victory. The match, again, A, I felt like had a little too much outside interference from Chelsea, and just, I felt like at times... Sonya and Becky were didn't feel like they were on the same page. Focus too much on like Trish and Zoe. Yeah, they cut to them a the bunch. Actual, the actual match. Yeah, they cut to them a bunch. Uh, we then got a long video package recapping everything that happened with the Bloodline on SmackDown. And even seeing it in this condensed form in the video package, it's still a masterpiece. It's still... Such a great segment. It was great watching it live on SmackDown, and it was great seeing it replayed here tonight. Like, I loved that segment. Wonder if they do Jimmy versus Roman at Money in the Bank. Very possible. I think they're very possible, though. I know Heyman stated later in the show that Jay's going to make his decision on SmackDown this week. Is he with Roman or is he with Jimmy? Staying with Jimmy. Uh, I don't know. I'm actually torn on this one. I think it's stay with Jimmy. But I can see him go to Roman. And then if Jimmy faces Roman, that's where the turn happens. Where Jay makes Roman think he's on his side. Jay tries to screw Roman in whatever Jimmy, Jimmy Roman match they have. And then Solo thwarts the screw or whatever. I don't know. But I can see like Jay Sam with Roman to screw to try to screw with Roman or whatever, not be sincere. It'd be a lot cooler if they did that route. And then like he tries to get involved and screw Roman. Solo gets him and stops him. And yeah, and now like perfectly set up Usos versus Roman Solo at right. SummerSlam. If if that's the route they go, which that is being rumored. That's yep. It's 
Gonna need I just, a match for Roman. I think it's funny as we get these bloodline segments where there's like dissension and whether that's them fighting or whatnot, and then Rikishi will just send out a tweet going, Enough! He's done it twice now. Once during SmackDown last week at the end of the show, and then once at the end of um, Night of Champions. <clears throat> Maybe Rikishi comes out and finally says, like, Enough! Stop fighting! Right. I like uh, Mr. Bangs. I like Mr. Bangs in the Twitch chat. Roman hasn't been very oozy lately. Wasn't Rikishi? Wasn't he supposed to do a Bloodline segment before, but he got sick? I think so. I think so. It was supposed to be on some like special episode of SmackDown. I think. Oh, he was supposed was supposed to do like a. Oh, no, the no, tribal was, chief like yeah, celebration. The tribal chief acknowledgement ceremony he was supposed to be at. That's what it was. Then they changed that to just a court thing for Sami Zayn. Right. Byron Saxon's backstage and he asked Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens about what's happened. Zayn basically said, I told you so. And was glad to see Jimmy Uso do the right thing. That being said, the bloodline wasn't their problem anymore. And up would come Imperium. Ludwig Kaiser said that Zayn was right. Imperium was their problem now. Owens then freaked out on Imperium again for interrupting them. And then Gunther said that Owens can't control his temper. Gunther thought that Owens needed some discipline and offered to teach him a lesson. Owens then goes, you know what? Yeah, sure, let's do this. I'll, I'm going to the ring. Meet me there. And Corey Graves goes, wait, Kevin Owens can't just come to the ring for a match. We've got other things scheduled. How's this going to work? And then they go to break. And then we come back. We get a video package for Caden Carter and Katana Chance. And then Corey Graves tells us, well, one of the announcers tells us, well, during the break, it was made official. Kevin Owens will be taking on the Intercontinental Champion Gunter right now. And boy, was this match excellent. I loved this match. If you guys missed any of this match, go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. Because I know sometimes people will listen to these reviews and be like, I didn't watch Raw. I'll just listen to the review and see if it was any good. This match is worth going back and watching. This match rocked. So they wrestled back and forth early on until Gunther cut off Owens with a boot in an impressive German suplex where Owens landed hard on his shoulder. Uh, Gunther then also drove Owens into the barricade and dropped him on the edge of the ring ahead of a commercial break. Owens tried to go for a swanton bomb during the break, but Gunther got his knees up. Gunther slammed Owens and wrenched his neck. Gunther booted Owens, but Owens kicked out of one. Owens then smacked Gunther, but Gunther booted him again. Gunther chopped Owens, and Corey Graves noted how loud it was, even though Kevin Owens is wearing a t-shirt. He's like, he chopped him right through his t-shirt, Kevin Patrick. Gunther then applied a Boston Crab and transitioned it into a crossface, but Owens fought to his feet and hit a chop, but Gunther knocked him back, back down with a chop. Owens blocked a suplex, but Gunther knocked him down with a clothesline. Owens battled back with his own clothesline, but Gunther hit a ger another German suplex. Owens ducked a clothesline and hit a German suplex for, of his own. He traded some strikes, but a Gunther chop would yet again was too much for Owens. Gunther then mocked Owens, who came back with three super kicks and a cannonball for a two. I like Corey Graves going, we need to see a replay of that one. Look how the ring moved when Kevin Owens did the cannonball. Uh, Gunther blocks a stunner attempt and hits a drop kick. Owens then comes back with a fisherman buster and gets a two off of it. Gunther suplexed Owens off the middle rope for a two. 
Hulta tried to splash, but Owens got his knees up and hit a swanton for a near fall. Owens then set her for a stunner, but was distracted by Giovanna Vinci on the apron. Zayn then pulled Vinci off the apron and took him out. Owens went after Kaiser and gave him a stunner before he slid back into the ring, where Gunter then used this opportunity to grab Owens and schoolboy him to pick up the victory. So there we go. Kevin Owens loses. Intercontinental Champion Gunter wins. And man, was this match excellent. Like, I can't give this match more praise. The only way this could have been better if it was on a pay-per-view with no commercial breaks and we just got to see them go for like 20 minutes because this match went 17 and a half almost. So like give these guys a 20-minute match on a pay-per-view with no breaks. Ooh, boy. What did you think? Yeah, this was easily like match of the night. Oh, easy. This match was so good. Now I'm hoping next week they do Gunther versus Sami Zayn. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yes. Yes, please. That'd be awesome. That match next week, have Gunther win. They can be like, oh, I beat both of you guys. Now you have to give my guys the right. tag titles. Right. I like that thinking. I like that. Speaking of Imperium, we had Matt Riddle interviewed by Kathy Kelly. Riddle was tired of seeing Gunther cheat every single week and didn't think he would be champion if it was not for Kaiser and Vinci. And then, well, speak of the devil, Kaiser and Vinci walk up. And they told him, watch your mouth. Riddle asked what he was going to do about it. And Kaiser poked his chest and asked what he would do about them. Riddle then grabbed um, Kaiser, threw him over a box, and then started fighting with Vinci, who he put in an ankle lock, until officials eventually ran over and broke it all up. They're really teasing hard, Riddle and Gunter. Like, Riddle's going to get a shot at this icy title sooner rather than later. That matchup, Money in the Bank. That'd be great. I'd like it a lot. That match would be fan-freaking-tastic right there. Matt Riddle versus Gunther. Uh-huh. I mean, Matt Riddle, he's probably not going to win the belt. No. But it'd be a fun match. Gunther's going to hold that title forever, and I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> they, want, they want him to break records with that belt. Yeah. I'm really curious to see who they... They have beat Gunther. I know a lot of people keep saying Ilya Dragunov, but... If he changes his gimmick a little bit, because I like Ilya Dragunov, but I feel like him doing the whole conductor thing during his entrance and just some of the other little things he does, I don't think is going to translate too well to the main roster. So I think he needs to be tweaked a little before coming up, but I, I really like Ilya Dragunov. I mean, him and... I feel like him and um, Dijak had match of the weekend last weekend over Memorial Day weekend. The match should have been at least five stars. Oh, probably. I didn't look, but then let me see. Got what... a four point seven five. Oh, did it? Yeah. How? What? Give it the extra point two five, Dave. Come on. Did you see the double or nothing star ratings? Yeah. Those, I mean, I could. Was... I mean, I couldn't not because everybody was posting them. That blood and guts match was like three at best, and he gave that match five stars. What the heck right. you doing, Dave? Anyways, Byron Saxon interviewed Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Rousey then challenged any team with figurative balls to come challenge them, and up came Caden Carter and Katana Chance. 
They approached the tag team champions and offered them a match. Carter and Chance were noticeably shorter than the champions, and Rondo wondered where these munchkins came from. Rosie also wondered if Carter and Chance were stupid. Baszler thought they were ignorant. She called them brave, but said their bravery would be gone at the sound of their tendons and ligaments being torn off their bodies. And that match was next. Match went six and a half minutes. It was non-title. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. This match was so much better than it had any right to be. Like, Ronda and Shayna were great. Caden Carter and Katana Chance were great. Like, wow. Way better than Boss, I expected. I'm glad Katana Chance and Caden Carter got a good showing in this match. Because I was worried this was just going to be like a yeah. squash match. I'm glad both teams got a good showing. Same. I thought we were going to get like two and a half, three minutes. Nope. It went almost, it went a little over six and a half. So, um, like, here's the one thing that I can say was a positive about this match. I never once fully believed that Ronda and Shayna were going to lose. Yet, there were a few times where I'm like, oh shit, Carter and Chance are going to win just to get a rematch with the titles on the line. Like, there were a few spots where I thought, oh my god, they're about to win this match. And they didn't, but that's a very big positive, I guess you could say, for this match. To where you know Ronda and Shayna aren't losing, but you self-doubt yourself in your thought process of, holy shit, they're about to win. They're about to win. They're going to hit their fin. Oh, never mind. <coughs> so, as far as this match does go, Carter and Chance almost picked up a few of the victory a few times. Um, at one point, um, they went for their finishing move, the after party, which is like a neckbreaker 450 combo. The ref counts one, two, three. And Shayna pulls um, Kaden, or no, Katana Chance out of the ring. I don't know why she's got to be Katana, Katana Chance. Just give her her regular name back, Casey Catanzaro, but they got her brand, everybody. Why did they change their name? Was it because, is that like because Vince didn't want people using either their real names or names that they can use elsewhere? Vince got on a kick last year that most people are not going to be using their real names anymore, and they want to be able to trademark everybody's name. Is that a real name, though? Casey Catanzaro? Yeah. I'm 99%. Yeah. I mean, I get it's a business move, but at the same time, it's like, oh, just give her a name back. Her real name is Casey Esther Catanzaro. She's an Esther. Anywho. Um, the crowd came alive when they hit their finisher, because the crowd also thought that was going to be the finish. Because the crowd was in and out during this match, which I get it. But again, um, Rousey tried to go for the pin at one point and got double teamed. Chanson slipped out of Rousey's ankle lock and hit a very nice code breaker that Ronda sold so good. Ronda took this code breaker and probably flew back about Five feet into the corner. Like, holy crap. Ronda sold this like people used to sell the stunner. She, like, bounced and just flew. Baszler then tags in. Carter got a near fall using a roll-up, but Baszler gave her a German suplex and put her in the Carafuda clutch to pick up the submission victory. So there we go. For the six and a half minutes they got, this match was actually really good. I'm really looking forward to see Todd Chance and... Carter on the main right. roster. 
just wonder, like, whenever, like, when are they going to win the tag titles? Well, we got to see how long Ronda and Shayna hold them first. Maybe. Like, would you have them beat Ronda and Shayna for the belts? I mean, Ronda and Shayna shouldn't lose anytime soon, but maybe down the road. I agree. I feel like right now would be too early to take the belts off yes. them because, like, after you take those belts off them, it's like, all right, what can you really do with them? Right. So you'd have to put them back at the title picture. So then why I said earlier, I think Bronson Reed's somehow getting in money in the bank. Uh, Ricochet's in the back, warming up, getting ready for his music to hit for his upcoming match with Nakamura. And Bronson Reed approaches. Reed says, it's amusing that you're in the Money in the Bank ladder match and I'm not after I had you beat a few weeks ago. And my mind kind of went the wrong way going, huh? You guys didn't fight in like a qualifying match. Oh, never mind. I know what he's talking. Like, I'm, I thought the wrong thing for a second. I'm like, wait, what? No, you guys didn't. It was Miz. It was, oh, oh, okay, never mind. He's talking about another match. And so Ricochet said he earned his spot by defeating a two-time Grand Slam champion in The Miz while Reed had his undefeated streak beaten by Shinsuke Nakamura. Reed was about to say something, and Nakamura came up. Nakamura showed up and reminded everybody, yes, I beat you. Reed says the result would be different next time if we fought again. Ricochet then said that he would give Nakamura a loss tonight, and a loss in money in the bank. Nakamura then says, prove it to me in the ring. Ricochet's music hit, and he went out for his match against Nakamura. They then played a Johnny Gargano video package. Showed a lot of DIY footage in that. I think that's a, a very hefty tease for something we're getting soon. <coughs> I like this video package. So did I. That was great. Well done. It had... Mar DIY versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Oh, that match. That's your SummerSlam match right there. I wonder when Champa should be back sometime soon, though. The rumor is he could be back at any time. That They're was the probably not rushing him, though. They're probably just having him take his time. Well, the report was he was there last week. So, I don't know if he was at the show tonight. But re report was he was there last week. Give me DIY versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn at SummerSlam. Right. So the two them go for it. Them take the belts off of them. I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I actually would be for that. If anybody's gonna beat Sammy and Kevin, I would love it to be DIY. And we know Triple H is a huge fan of both of them. Oh yeah. Well, these two, Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, they've wrestled before, but it appears. This was the first time they've ever wrestled in a singles match on WWE television. Match itself went about eight minutes. They picked it up once they got back from the first commercial break. It was like 90 seconds in. But they didn't get to do too much after that break because Bronson Reed would run in and cause a disqualification. So, yeah. They never really announced anything as far as, like, technical DQ. Like, I don't know. Because, what was it, Nakamura got attacked first? So, technically... Ricochet should, no. Yeah, Nakamura should be considered the win. I don't know. Just call it a double DQ. It was all right. Whatever. I kind of, I kind of feel like you have to put Bronson Reed in that Money in the Bank ladder match. Right. Um, after the DQ happened, Ricochet got on the back of Reed. But then 
hit Nakamura with a splash anyway before putting Reed away with it uh, before uh, being put away by Reed with a tsunami. So what do you think of Maxine Dupree getting in the ring soon? It's going to be interesting. She's going to face Valhalla sometime soon. Did she ever have a match in NXT? A I don't good, think she did. Not on television, but let's see. Maxine. Sure, she probably worked some of those NXT live events. Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to go to her cage match and see if there's anything there. No. She doesn't have a single match listed on her cage match at all. She's never worked. Other than maybe like practicing and training in the PC, she's never worked an actual match at an event, whether that's a live event or televised. Interesting. I, I don't know if that's a good idea then. Well, I mean, she's going to have to wrestle eventually. I mean, I don't know if you'd do it on her first ever match no, on television. I, I'd probably I agree. Do that live events. I agree wholeheartedly, but I mean, like, we'll recap the segment first. Maxine Dupree, Chad Gable, and Otis are meeting in the back. She still calls him Otis. He says, hey, it's Otis. And Otis is like, tomato, tomato, or just one big happy family. Dupree thought that she could take on Valhalla until, well, she ran away because Valhalla chased her like a wild animal. And Chad was like, hey, alphas don't run away. And she said, did you see her? Did you see her? And then Dupree wondered why the Viking Raiders were targeting them anyways. Gable then said, well, that's a good question. And I've impaired some knowledge on my main man, o Otis. I've given him a bunch of books to read about Viking culture. And well, Otis, what have you learned? Ah, uh, Master Gable is going to beat him with deodorant. And Chad's like, what? Huh? Additionally, Otis said that Gable would teach them, or would teach the pretty Lady Dupree how to take on the Viking Lady. Gable then said that they couldn't train her wearing that outfit. And then she goes, oh, don't worry. I've got the perfect outfit in my locker. And I'm like, okay, cool. We'll see what that outfit is next week, I guess. I guess they... Actually, kind of like Maxine away from maximum male models. Oh, maximum male models are dead. Like they're dead. <laughs> Maxine's with Alpha Academy now, hundred percent. Yeah, it sucks for Mason Mansoor, but yeah, that 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 group's dead. Maybe you to give Mansoor his old gimmick back. I'd love it. I'd love it. I've seen him wrestle here local. I saw Mansoor wrestle a match. Where the top rope broke in the match, like two minutes in, and still finished the like 10 minute match and had a really good tag match. Like crazy. I've asked him about it too. When we did, I did an interview with him one time after his first WWE appearance. I was like, hey, by the way, what does it feel like to wrestle in a match where the rope breaks? And he's like, huh? I was like, I was at that show, the Best of the West show that you did where the rope broke in the tag match. He goes, Oh, yeah, that's always crazy because you have to improvise. You have to change a lot of your moveset because you don't have the top rope to bounce off of and stuff. So if you guys haven't listened to that, it's like a five-year-old, four-year-old uh, interview Nick and I did with Mansoor, formerly um, Manny Fambarino. It's on, the, and it's on the channel. I can find it and put it in the live chat. But, yeah, we interviewed him right after he made his appearance at that first WWE Saudi show. Like right after that appearance? Yeah. 
We asked him about the appearance, how that all came together, and then I asked him about some indie stuff that I'd seen him do. But I wonder if you'd still do an interview. Another one. It have to be. A, it was before he signed with WWE, so WWE would have to approve it, and I'm not on their media list. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You never know, right? But that was. They brought him in for the whole tryout in Saudi, and then him and like four others were put on TV, and they did the the Iran stuff with Sean Davari, and I think Ari Davari was there as well. And yeah, let me see. Um. And let me see if I can find that interview. I'll put it in the live chat. Um, boop, 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 um, um, why can't I find it? It shouldn't be too hard to find. I haven't done many interviews. Um, I did, did a few interviews though. A few, but not many. Remember, you interviewed Ethan Page and yeah. that guy who owns Star Cave. Yeah, we interviewed Ethan Page. We've interviewed Robert Holiday. I interviewed um, what's his name? Um, Brody, the old uh, Brody Booker, the old Bodie Hayward in NXT. For some reason, I can't find the interview. What I'll do is I will find it later, and then I'll put it on the community tab for you guys because it's a great interview to listen to. But for some reason, I just don't know. I can't. I can't find it. So, well, I'll find it later. So we don't have too much dead air here. Me looking for it. Let me look up one more thing. See if I can. Oops. Um. Yeah, I'll have to find it later. So as far as the rest of Raw does go, we go into the third hour and we go into Miz TV. And interestingly enough, we go into the third hour and I go, huh, we haven't seen Rhea or Dom on this show at all. And lo and behold, they come out in this segment. Like, my mind was just like predicting the future. Cody comes out wearing the cast. Miz, I loved Miz rocking out, jamming, dancing, singing Cody's song the whole time. And they just lit this play out. They let Cody take 20 minutes, basically, to get to the ring. This was so long to the point where Cody gets on the ropes and then was like, oh, I'm about to hit another whoa, so let's just wait and wait and do another whoa. So, yeah. Finally this start- looked like he was shopping out of Seth Rollins' closet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One of them floral print suits. But Miz finally goes, hey, uh, you guys ready for us to start? And so Miz said that Brock Lesnar beat Cody at Night of Champions and broke his arm. Yet Rose challenged him to a fight anywhere, anytime. Miz asked Rhodes if he thought that was stupid or not. Rhodes said people told him that it took balls to do what he did. And he goes, you know something about that, little tiny ones. Crowd starts chanting tiny balls. Rhodes said that Lesnar was on his annual hibernation, so he wouldn't be seeing him for a while. Which... According to Dave Meltzer, Rhodes Cody 3 is set for SummerSlam. Aren't they supposed to add a stipulation to that? Oh, I don't know. I would. I would. 
I mean, Lesnar won one, Cody won one, so it makes sense to do a third. Right. So Miz had a surprise for Rhodes. It was another guest, not Brock Lesnar. Instead, it was another multi-generational superstar, Ray or Dominic Mysterio. So Miz introduces the hottest act in WWE right now, Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley. Dom and Rhea enter the ring, and Miz was asked, uh, was about to ask Dom a question, but Rhea told him to be quiet. Ripley handed Dom the mic, and the crowd booed. Now, was it me, or was there fake crowd noise during this? Because there was one time where it sounded like it was fake to the point where it got turned up a little loud, and it, like, peaked the mic or something, like, peaked the audio. I could be wrong. Um... I don't know. Because I but... felt like I felt like there was one part where you hear boos. It's like boo and then all of a sudden it goes boo like not quite like that, but it like not a screech, but like it like got a little almost too loud for the the speakers or for like well, I don't know. It just felt a little off. Because also there was a spot where Cody said something and the crowd goes, Wah! but then from the camera angle that they were on, which was hard cam. Everyone's still just sitting down, not reacting, really. So that was another reason why I thought there may have been some piped-in noise. Because, again, there was a spot where Cody said something to Dom. Big cheers, but everybody we can see on camera just were sitting there just kind of clapping. But as far as the segment does go, Rhodes sarcastically asked them to stop booing. And Ripley told them all to shut up and shut your mouths. The crowd loudly booed more as Dom cut a promo trying to speak over them. Dom said he did hard time while Rhodes was like a little bird with a broken wing. Dom heard Rhodes' challenge to Lesnar and called him a bad father, just like his father. He's like, yeah, you have a daughter. You should be at home taking care of her, but instead you're here. Just like my father. Just like Ray, a deadbeat dad. Rhodes knew that the 15 minutes in prison... Must have been so hard on Dom. And he goes, yeah, you even have a worse prison tattoo than me. Rhodes then called Dom's match at WrestleMania against Ray a public spanking. Rhodes said that Ray wasn't a perfect father. He's not even a perfect father. Nobody's perfect. Ray had made some terrible mistakes. And Cody knows that because he's looking right at one of them. Speaking about Dom. Crowd really liked that one. That's where it felt like there may have been a little bit of fake cheers. Dom then dropped the mic and acted like he was going to leave. Cody then turns around and gets slapped in the face. Dom then hides behind Mommy. She says, slap me. Slap me, Cody. And Brandy would send out a tweet that said, I had it pulled up and then I lost it. Brandy sent, because as soon as Rio was like, slap me, slap me. My first thought was, oh, give us Brandy. Give me Cody and Brandy against Dom and Rhea. But Brandy sent out a tweet stating, Poppy won't hit Mommy, M-A-M-I, but Mommy will, M-O-M-M-Y. <clears throat> so, very cool. wonder when they would actually Brandy on like television doing stuff with Cody and stuff. I'm shocked she hasn't been already other than sitting at ringside at WrestleMania. I'm legit shocked she hasn't been. Unless, like, unless she, she just says, like, I just want to stay at home with the kid and stuff. Maybe. I know Brandy teased today 
some sort of a store or studio she's opening because she posted a picture from inside of a storefront or like a studio space and says, might let the cat out of the bag soon. So I don't know what she's working on, but she's got something in the works. <laughs> Whether that's... Don't Cody... Go for it. Isn't Cody and Brandy, don't they own a wrestling school as well? Well, yeah, he's got the Nightmare Factory with um, QT Marshall. And yeah, maybe she just wants to help out the Nightmare Factory Well, as no, because well. this is a different location. This is not the school. So this looks like she's either going to open some sort of like a, I don't know, yoga gym, a restaurant. I don't know. Because it's got tile and hardwood floors and then a big windows looking outside to a parking lot. So, I don't know. It's not, it's not the nightmare factory. Maybe open up a gym or something. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe some yoga studio. Um, Miz was very amused through all of this, though. Dom and Rhea left, and Cody was kind of just like, well, that was what it was. Cody kind of, towards the end of it, I don't know if he was just supposed to seem frustrated, but he didn't seem like he was having too good of a time. It almost felt like, all right, I just want to get this over with. Yes. By the end, yes. I mean, yeah. So then we had another Money in the Bank qualifying match. This match went just shy of four minutes, and it was Zoe Stark and Natalia. Natalia hit a German suplex early and applied a sharpshooter, but Stark got to the ropes to break the hold. Stark rolled to the outside, so Natalia shoved her back into the ring while telling Stratus to stay out of it. Natalia was on the apron, and Stratus kicked her leg that she was selling. Zoe then hit her with a Z360 and pinned her to pick up the victory. So, yeah. Cool. Poor Natalia. She's been, she got squashed at Night of Champions by Rhea, and she got squashed again tonight. Basically. You had to give Zoe Stark the win because you really got to, like, build her up. Like a strong, like, like a strong character next to yeah, Trish. So you think they'll do Trish and Zoe against Becky and Lita at SummerSlam? It's possible, but I don't know because there's been like no mention of Lita. Lita worked um, an indie show over the weekend. I want to say she did. She appeared at Hood Slam in um, Oakland. I want to say is Oakland, California. So also something I forgot to mention, WWE is going to be on Twitch running a quote-unquote Raw Companion show, which is basically a boring-ass watch-along. What they did tonight was they had Ryan Papala, Drew Gulak, and Megan Morant from their homes or, well, Gulak and Papala were at their house. Megan Morant was in the WWE studios, and they just talked about what they saw on Raw. Their audio wasn't all that great. It was too low to the point where if I wanted to hear them, I had to turn my speakers up and then Raw was too loud. Then if I put it my speaker back to where Raw was at a good audio um, like level, they were too low. And half the time I'd switch over just to see what they were doing and they weren't even talking. They were just watching Raw. And then like an hour and 45 minutes into their live stream watch along, Mega Morant says, I got to leave and get ready for the, the post show for Raw. And then the other guys are like, all right, well, it's Ricochet versus Nakamura. We'll finish this match and dip out. And so they didn't even do all of Raw. They just did, like, half a Raw. And it was boring for what I saw anyways. 
I know Drew Gulak, he was streaming on Twitch. I think, I know he did like a, like, all right, I'm going to talk to the chat for a little bit. They watch her all at the same time. Hmm, I didn't see any of that, but I saw some of the stuff when they were live. Yeah, Gulak's live now on his own channel. Looks like he's doing something with Mike Rome. Yeah, him and Mike Rome are live together right now. Mike Rome's stream on Twitch for a little bit before, like, the whole shutdown. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Rome and him are live, and there's, it just says, post-Raw. Austin. They're live only on Gulak's channel, not Rome's channel. Or his real name, Austin Moromeo, uh, Moromeo, Romeo, something like that. But yeah, Gulak's live right now, still talking raw, hanging out with Mike Rome. Cool, I guess. As we move forward, uh, backstage at Raw, but it looked like they were at SmackDown. Paul Heyman invited us to join him on Friday to watch Jey Uso make his public historic choice. Heyman told us that Jey would choose his brother, Sokoa, over anybody else. He then said, you can share a womb with your twin, but you'll never be closer than you are with a tribal chief. He then said on Friday, Jay would acknowledge that fact. So then we got Indu Sheer just destroying Cedric Alexander to the point where the match never happens. Shelton just gets thrown out of the ring, never comes back, and they beat up Cedric. And the ref just calls the match off. Like, what happened to Shelton? Yeah. He could have came back if and this tried was like to fight. A, this was a regular match. It would have been a cool way to, like, build up into Sheer as, like, a strong right. tag team. But now this, this part kind of made it a little weird, though. Like, I'll just toss Shelton, Shelton out. Mm -hmm. like, that was it. Yeah, like, Shelton gets thrown out. They didn't hit a move on him. That I Maybe, I think, maybe they hit him with a spine buster or something and then threw him out. But it's like, okay. You're not that hurt. And it was just we funny. I found it funny because you can hear Cedric on the mat going, like, oh, okay. He's really trying to sell this big. Yeah, I heard that as well. Well, then we go to our main event. Match goes just shy of 22 minutes. No, Seth Rollins. <coughs> Excuse me. Defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Damian Priest. Rollins had control early through a break that started. I swear to God, this break was like less than a minute into the match. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Because I felt like they ring the bell, and all of a sudden they're at break. I was like, what? Already? Anyways, Rollins had control through an early break, but Priest punched him out of midair as he tried to go for a strike off the barricade. Priest had control until Rollins came back with an enziguri, some strikes, clothesline, and a thrust kick, a clothesline, and a backbreaker. Priest then avoided a frog splash attempt and hit a boot, but Rollins came back with a sling blade. Rollins tried a suicide dive, but Priest caught him and hit a flatliner onto the announce table, which led to a break. When they returned, Rollins tried a sunset flip bomb, but Priest blocked it. Rollins then ran up the ropes and hit a superplex, followed by a falcon arrow for a two. Rollins followed this up with three straight suicide dives, 
with the last one sending Priest over the announce desk. Rollins hit a super kick and a frog splash for a two. They exchanged strikes until Priest hit a head, uh, headlock driver for a two of his own. Priest then followed this up with the top rope Frankensteiner for a two. Rollins followed later with a pedigree and got a two off of it. Rollins powerbombed Priest into the barricade, which did not look fun at all for Damian Priest. Announcers reminded us, hey, that's the same move that hurt Balor many years ago. Balor would then appear at ringside, but Rollins took him out with a super kick. Rollins went for a curb stomp, but Priest hit a clothesline and a south of heaven choke slam for a near fall. Priest saw Balor at ringside and earnestly asked him, hey, why are you here? Priest went for a razor's edge, but he dropped Rollins because his shoulder was hurt. I think Corey Graves tried to play it up from the, the um, barricade powerbomb but the shoulder. Rollins then hit him with a super kick, a forearm, and a curb stomp to pin him and pick up the victory. I like how this match started slow and just kept building, building, building. And then Finn jumps in the ring, has a little stare down with Seth. Seth waves him goodbye. And Rollins poses with the belt as the show goes off the air, seemingly teasing Finn as the next possible, if not the next challenger, maybe even at Money in the Bank. What you think of this main event? I like the main event. I really did. I kind of like this tease of like Finn possibly being the next challenger for Seth. I thought and it that was, wouldn't be a go for it. it. Would that would not be a bad like no just like big match for Seth as right. champion. I thought it was weird when Seth was like in that first promo to open the show when he told Seth every time you fight me you lose or something like that. But it's like, yeah, the last time you guys fought, but didn't Finn beat you for the universal title? So, I don't know. And then, who won that triple threat for the IC title when it was them two in the Miz at WrestleMania? Rollins. That's what I thought. Rollins. That's what I thought. I honestly thought Finn was winning that. Oh, yeah, me too. But yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. I didn't notice anything announced for next week's show. I thought maybe we'd get some more Money in the Bank qualifying matches announced. I didn't see or hear any, so that was kind of weird and interesting. But yeah, overall, a good episode of Raw. I wouldn't call it great or nothing, but I thought it was a good, solid episode of Monday Night Raw. I'm curious to see who else they add in these Money in the Bank matches. So as far as the men go... We have Ricochet, Nakamura, and LA Knight. And then as far as the women go, we have Zelina, Zoe, and Becky. That's it. We still have three spots left in each. I wonder who, who they have from SmackDown. My guess is maybe they do Santos. Well, they teased it because Ray was like, ooh, Zelina and you can both be Mr. and Mrs. Money in the Bank at the same time. So they teased Santos getting a, a, at least getting a qualifying match, which I would assume with that tease, he wins. So maybe they do that and then they do last chance qualifiers or something. And that's how we get Bronson Reed. Wonder if they actually put that briefcase on LA Knight though, because a I lot hope. of people, I hope a lot of, a lot of people really want LA Knight to be Mr. Money in the Bank. I'm one of those a lot of people. Money in the Bank is always better like Money in the Bank is always better on a heel anyways. Yeah. But the question is, does he successfully cash in though? 
I mean, he's got a year. Maybe Seth loses that belt in the next year, and then he cashes in on the world title. Would have to be on the world title. I don't see him cashing in and successfully winning the belts off of Roman. Well, unless Roman's not the champion sometime in the next year. Unless, unless he's not the champion. But if he is the champion, then it would have to be the world title. Right, and if someone's going to beat Roman, I think it's going to beat Cody, and I don't think Cody should be losing the title to Money in the Bank anyway, so I have world title. Unless he loses it to LA Knight and just immediately wins it back? Yeah, that's a possibility. But with that, that is everything that did take place tonight on Monday Night Raw. Now we want to hear what you guys had to say about the show, so let's check the polls. Or as the Twitter poll does go, 84% liked the show. 12% thought it was just all right, and 3% did not like it. As we look over at the YouTube community poll, also, NHL update, Golden Knights beat the Florida Panthers 7-2. to Not sure if you're a hockey fan or not. Uh, I don't really watch hockey that much. If I if I do, I just watch the St. Louis Blues. Nice. I'm one of those. I don't really watch regular season hockey, but I'll like get involved once it's playoffs and stuff. If it's my favorite team, though. Right. Uh, as far as the YouTube community poll does go, why is that not wanting to load? Give me one second. Let me refresh that. Uh, YouTube community poll. What did you guys think about Raw? 75% liked the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 6% did not like it. Person says, tonight wasn't bad as usual. Some pretty damn good matches. Person says, I will be honest. I slept through part of it. Yeah, I could see that. In that first, He says in the first hour. I could see that. There was kind of some lull stuff in the first hour. Person says, I thought it was good. Still wanting or waiting on any news for Drew McIntyre. Well, I know Drew is going through some stuff personally. I think they had a family member die recently, so. Chris says it was all right. This person says, I didn't feel like Vince was involved. Well, you never know. Vince has made changes every week since WrestleMania, and we can't tell. So, there's there's your thing right there. And then this one said, same old, same old. As far as the Drew thing, I heard he was supposed to be back soon. Yeah, but who knows what soon really means. I think the only thing that's really is really like frustrated about is like creative. Yeah. As far as the YouTube live poll does go, 73% liked it, 14% thought it was just all right, and 13% did not like it. And finally, the Twitter poll, no, Twitch poll, 100% on Twitch liked the show. Good to see. But with that, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21, and you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. Do it, that, guys. Have a great rest of your Monday. Have a great rest of your week. See you back here Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. With that, have a good one. See you next time, guys.